you see aesthetic impairment. So if somebody has a very large lower jaw, mm-hmm. you know, it affects their face. You know, their mid face, the part between the, the the mouth and their nose, is is more inward to the lo- lower jaw. So not only they can't chew properly, but also aesthetically, it's a, a, they would benefit from a stronger uh, mid face mm-hmm. and a, a weaker weaker chin and lower jaw. And so that's for so it's aesthetic, it's functional, meaning you can eat, chew better, mm-hmm. and uh, so there's a lot of benefits for for a proper bite. Hello and welcome to the Journey Your Radio Show, hosted by Neville D'Angelo, author of A Soundbite Life and Flight of the Fused Monkeys, a PRG Emerging Technologies Forum keynote speaker and founder of Rio Sports. I am Joseph Ellison. Enjoy. Hello, I am Neville. How is your bite? And what about your smile? I'm told that smiling boosts our immune system because our whole body relaxes when we smile and that it immediately improves our mood and that it is contagious. It is a good way to spread our joy. Well, what do you think? Do you have a good reason to smile today? I do. My guest is Dr. Michelle Abu Abid. So let's get our smile on. Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky questions. And we play a few games and track the remarkable characters of three classic books, A Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicet, A Time to Begin Again, all of which can be found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Hello, Doc. Thank you for making time to be with us on the journey. Welcome. Hi, Neville. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for the opportunity to talk with uh, you and your uh, listeners. Well, I, I'm glad that you are. How, how, how's your day been going? It's been going great. I've been um, excited to be on a podcast and uh, since I've never been. And it's been, uh, I'm really uh, looking forward to it. And I'm really honored to be here. <laughs> okay, thank, thank you. Well, the first thing I'm going to ask you is a very technical question before we even get to know you. And that is, we... we, we uh, we hear about dentists and we hear about orthodontists. Can you tell us what the difference is and which one you are? Yes, uh, I am an orthodontist. It's uh, a dentist with that went, underwent a specialty uh, into orthodontics, uh, which is uh, the alignment of the teeth and uh, the, the bites and in an effort to improve the smile, of course. Uh, a general dentist is usually uh, you go to college in, in the U.S. and then you have an extra four years to become a dentist, and then you can treat all types of uh, dental diseases or um, you know like gum disease or cavities or caries um, or deep cleaning of teeth. Um, so this is for general dentists. What an orthodontist is is we we have to do uh, to go uh, to to become a dentist. So I had to go to the dental school and then had to undergo another two to three years of extra schooling to become a specialist in orthodontics, which is the specialty that handles uh, the alignments of um, the the skeletal bases, which means the jaws and the teeth. So we look at both um, 
the, the position of um, you know the, the skeletal bases and the teeth and the face to give uh, the person the best possible bite and smile um, within our treatments. I love it. So what what brought you to that field? What, why did you become a doctor at all? Um, I didn't really choose it. I didn't really know. I was uh, my dad is an orthodontist in Lebanon, and I uh, uh, he. he you know, he's he's been an orthodontist, and I was. Um, I mean, I'm currently, you know, in the in, in the United States. I practice here, but I was in. I started everything started in Lebanon, uh, in the 2000s when I finished uh, high school, and I uh, I was young. I didn't know what to do, and in Lebanon, dental school you get in dental school um, straight after uh, high school, and you don't have to go through college like in America. Mm-hmm. So. I really didn't know what I wanted, so I just did dental school, really, not really knowing if I liked it or not, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, so I got into it because I was kind of following my dad's footsteps. Now, granted, I uh, hung out with him at the office because I grew up in Lebanon, and uh, living in Lebanon, um, we there was a war growing up, so we had to share some spaces at a certain time. Mm-hmm. I lived... Uh, in uh, my, my, my father's office became where we lived because we had to move during the war. And then so I was um, early on uh, involved and seeing how it dealt. Not that it really spiked my interest. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I got into it uh, not really knowing what I really wanted. And I um, I always thought I liked more creative stuff. But mm-hmm. and now I really... Uh, have invested a lot of time and effort into becoming better and my dad has been a mentor to me so I've really uh, learned uh, to I mean I, I learned daily to, to improve myself be a better uh, doctor and person and to treat the patients uh, the best way possible well you, you mentioned that you're originally from Lebanon and that you had to live through a war I know I know I'm talking I invited you to talk to you about your, your 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 field, but can you tell us a little bit about that? What is it like growing up in the middle of a war? Yes, of course. Uh, well, uh, I was born in 1981, so it was the, there was a civil war in Lebanon that started in the 70s, and so you know, I my all my childhood memories was war, and we were in shelter, and it wasn't necessarily bad. My parents did a great job sheltering me, so we were uh, in in the house. Um, most of the time with the family eating and you know waiting for better days but this ended up taking uh, until the 1990s until the war ended so in the meantime we had to I mean school was um, on and off more 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 often on so we were in shelters you know hanging out um, which uh, it, which reminded me now with the confinement that just occurred a couple of months ago mm-hmm. it was similar to I mean the war without the war but I uh, it was interesting that um, you know we were you know it, it was it was almost enjoyable for me as a child because I didn't feel the war I was too young mm-hmm. but at the same time it wasn't a normal childhood where you know I was going out exercising you know doing a million sport and sports so school was on and off and uh, there were even times where I couldn't school was completely stopped I even uh, went to uh, Paris during the war. Um, because to school temporarily in in Paris, so I mean, I tr- my parents tried to give me as much schooling as possible. But whenever whenever the war got very bad, we were moving from one area of Lebanon to another, and 
certain times we I mean I lived in Paris I went to school in Paris very temporarily mm-hmm. and uh, you know Lebanon was a French uh, was a mandate from France and so we were uh, ruled by the French so we naturally uh, I mean spoke French my, my parents uh, speak French spoke French still speak French to me and so that's one of the language that's why it was easy for me to integrate in France when I went uh, but most of the time I was in Lebanon and you know growing up it was I would say it was a good childhood but I you know when here when now living and working in America um, it's interesting to contrast it to you know what when I, when I see the children here and since especially that I treat a lot of children I, I see them uh, you know they have so much activities they have so much uh, sports that they're involved in and I was pretty much involved in no sports not that I mean I, I wasn't really uh, very into sports uh, neither am I too much now but um, I'm, 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 I'm it was um, it was a different type of childhood. Nevertheless, it was a great childhood. I, I really had a great time just because we were always together and we were having fun. And, you know, I'm also an only child. So it seemed like we had, we had, we had different people all the time with us. And it was, uh, you know, basically in shen- sheltered. And, you know, you were asking me, there were bombs. And uh, almost every day, depending on who was fighting who, because I don't know if you know, but Lebanese Civil War was involved different factions mm-hmm. uh, within Lebanon and within other countries in Lebanon and you know later we had the Syrians coming in and so there's a lot of uh, factions that were involved in the Lebanese civil war and there were other wars but you know we, we had a lot of wars uh, within Lebanon since I mean since I was born hmm when we return I will refocus on the reason for your presence with us your expertise as an orthodontist we will be right back Don't eat so fast. Chewing is the first step of digestion. So how many times should you chew each mouthful of food? For your health, as well as for the enjoyment of every penny you paid. How many times? I'm back with Dr. Michelle Abu Abid. Uh, doctor, uh, now I'd like to talk to you about our health and our well-being. What impact does our teeth and the care of our teeth have on our health and our well-being? Okay, thank you. Um, first and foremost, I mean, the, 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 from from my point of view and from the patient's point of view, mainly it's uh, it's aesthetics and it's, it's it's feeling good and looking good and looking our best since it's the in, in our face uh, but m- more often than not whenever uh, for, for again from my point of view and then I'll go back to general dentistry I mean it's having a healthy bite making sure uh, the bite is healthy so that uh, the teeth can be in a proper position and then and therefore the smile can be healthy so it's a it's it's not just it's a, a healthy smile it's a healthy bite and a healthy positioning of the jaws and you know in this call because often more often than not uh it's not perfect or symmetric most of the people i mean if you even if you look at brad pitt he is not 100 percent symmetric there are some asymmetries nevertheless people do look good within their symmetries if if um, if the bite ends up straight and then you can bite properly otherwise some people can have 
uh, asymmetries in, in, in their bites, translating to their jaws, to their skull. This is where you can get headaches, um, clenching, you know, and this is without any external factors, whether it's uh, a health issue or uh, you have clenching due to stress that can exacerbate uh, the positioning of uh, your jaws and, and, and your teeth together. But, you know, to answer your question, uh, the importance of the teeth, I mean, uh, the teeth are part of the body. So if the teeth are, are healthy uh, and, you know, it's only going to allow the body to fu- function uh, properly, but if the teeth are have diseases like a cavity or an infection of the gums or the bone it's going to translate to the systemic uh, uh, system of the patient and then you know you can get an infection that's why it's very important for uh, patients you know if they have you know an infection or a cavity not to let it uh, expand too too much before it becomes uh, too deep and then it can uh, end up being an infection and if the patient has heart issues it can translate to to the body and then create uh, you know serious consequences i mean uh, it, it, and on my end with, with having straight teeth you know nobody ever really died from not have, from from having uh crooked teeth but uh it's important to have uh straight teeth because uh, first and foremost the teeth are positioned better next to each other so whenever people floss or, uh, you know, then the flossing can be done more efficiently, the, inf- the amount of inflammation. I mean, the teeth, when they overlap, uh, you know, it's harder to brush and floss, and the bone is not going to be filling up that space in between the teeth as much as if the teeth are in a proper position. Mm-hmm. So the teeth ought to be put, put, put positioned properly uh, between themselves and uh, on their, the dental arch, which is the lower arch on the lower jaw, or the upper arch on the upper jaw, and also, you know, if uh, in terms of what I look at is uh, the positioning of the teeth in, in, in the bone, in the upper, meaning the upper jaw or the lower, lower jaw, lower, lower skull, and how the jaws relate to each other. And uh, also how, because we have a lot of instances where, uh, and I'm going to talk maybe more on what I do versus general dentistry because I, I, I only specialize in orthodontics and dental orthopedics, mm-hmm. which is uh, the correction and uh, of, of the bites, you know, of the skeletal relationships of the jaws and, and, and the teeth and, and the bite and the smile, of course. You're informing me that the symmetry is so important, and I'm not talking about beauty now, even though you're... You're mentioning that that is important. You're saying for health reasons, uh, that symmetry is uh, uh, in the bite. It's it's healthy for us. Is am I am I reading too much into it, or is it just a question of looks? Well, both. The symmetry is important to a certain extent. You know, a lot of we mo- most of us have asymmetries, and it doesn't affect our, our way of living. However, uh, for instance, if you have, uh, and now I'm going to talk about the jaws, mm-hmm. and this is the type of stuff we look at when we see a patient, and uh, and, and and for this reason, maybe later I'll talk about the the age at which we like to start seeing patients. We start we like to start seeing patients as early as seven years old, just to start detecting any asymmetries. Mm. And because we start taking x-rays where we look at the position of the jaws, the top to, to, and the bottom, and we see which one is, which if it's positioned further forward or backward, and because it will affect the way uh, the, 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 the final bites. Mm-hmm. So we, we, if a, if a you know, 30 uh, year old male patient 
comes and uh, complains, you know, about their smile. You know, sometimes they would say that, oh, I don't like the way I smile. I don't show enough of my teeth. So come to look at it, the teeth may, the teeth may be straight. But when we start looking at the x-rays, we notice that the upper jaw is smaller than the lower jaw, mm-hmm. which is going to uh, create something we call like an underbite. So mm-hmm. basically the upper jaw and the upper teeth are behind the lower jaw and the lower teeth because the upper jaw is underdeveloped. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if the upper jaw is underdeveloped, sometimes the lower jaw is overdeveloped. Sometimes it's both. Uh, the resultant is a bite that's called you know, underbite. So basically the, you're biting in reverse and then the patient came uh, stating that, you know, they don't like the way they smile, they don't show enough teeth because whenever they smile, their teeth are behind the lower jaw. So they're not able to show. And usually there's an asymmetry from front to back, but also it's from top to bottom. Mm. Sometimes they don't, they don't show their teeth because the, the, the upper jaw or the upper skull is too long or too short. And then they end up their lips and then covering too much or too little and then their teeth are not shown mm-hmm. even if their teeth the teeth could be straight but you may uh, the person may be smiling and not displaying any teeth and mm-hmm. the reason is not that the teeth are not straight but because there uh, there's an underlying asymmetry in the positioning of uh, the skeletal basis of their jaws upper and lower jaw and 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 to go back to the early age we start seeing them very early uh more often than not, we don't start their treatment because we look at them when they're very young and if their bite is correct and their, their skeletal uh, relationships is acceptable and it's and then we predict the growth. is If the growth is favorable, then we keep an eye on, on them and until they're older, until they have all their te- adult teeth because at seven, they mainly have a lot of baby teeth mm-hmm. and... Uh, However, there are some instances where uh, patients have, uh, you know, bite issues, for example, like an underbite, like I mentioned, or like a major overbite. The overbite is the opposite. The upper teeth are way ahead, mm-hmm. and, and, and then they may, the children may fall and break their teeth. And it happens all the time because their teeth are uh, very much forward. Mm-hmm. So, and, um, or sometimes the bite is completely skewed. You look at their jaw and their, their chin is off. Mm-hmm. Is because as they're growing, mm-hmm. as they have a mixed dentition, meaning a mix of baby and adult teeth, mm-hmm. uh, their bite is uh, is getting skewed because of the, the, the because of the way that the, the, the teeth are guiding the bite, mm-hmm. and then they're biting off. So our job is to make sure we diagnose this early, and if we need to, sometimes we intervene as early as six years old by putting uh, appliances or um, or or braces or removable appliances or glutes or we call them bonded appliances and that helps steer the teeth mm-hmm. or more often than not at, at such an, a young age we're not as interested in the teeth as much as we're at, at the jaws because mm-hmm. they're so young and they're going through their first pubertal spurt uh, growth spurt and this is when we want to steer and direct them towards the right bite and then once they're done we fix the issue uh we can wait and monitor them growing and um, to, to give you an example, a patient, you know, a six-year-old comes in, he's biting off to the left. If you look at the middle of his front teeth, it's completely off. They're not um, jiving together. Mm-hmm. So by, by doing some appliances and some work, we can broaden the upper jaw or, or use some different appliances. We can kind of help the teeth mm-hmm. and therefore the jaws. Uh, direct them in the proper positioning, mm-hmm. therefore allowing the growth to be more favorable. Uh, 
and 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 then reevaluate in the future and help that growth favorably. And then once they're older, we're mm. gonna reassess that growth and then continue correcting it. Uh, but if that patient was 30 years old, you know, which is often the case, they come in, they're 30, they now wanna fix their bite. Mm-hmm. And uh, if it's a, if it's an issue that is, uh, if their teeth are straight but their jaws are off, and meaning they have a skeletal discrepancy between the top and the bottom jaws, front to back or side to side, uh, then in that case even braces won't be able to fix it. Then you need some form of adjunctive uh, jaw surgery. We call it orthognathic surgery, and this is what we do also a lot of uh, mm-hmm. because to be able to address the issue. Uh, we no longer can uh, modify the growth or positively affect it, but mm. we have to work with what we have. And then this is when we uh, start discussing other alternatives other than uh, orthodontic treatments. And then it becomes orthodontic and orthognatic. And mm. this is when we uh, deal with the whole, I mean, we go back to dealing with the bite and the smile. We'll be right back. What reasons do you have for smiling today? I'm told that smiling relieves stress because it releases endorphins, and that we are more attractive when we smile, and that it projects confidence. What do you think? Are you smiling? I am back with Dr. Michel Abu Abid. Uh, doctor, you were talking about kids. Um, and ad- adults, I had assumed, I assume that, um, more adults come to you than kids, but can you explain that to me and what, um, how would a parent know whether their child has an asymmetric jaw or, or any, or is it just found by accident? Excellent question. Thank you so much. Um, actually I do see more children now the tendency uh, is growing towards all ages. So we really have patients from six years old to, you know, in their 90s. Uh, everybody wants uh, now, more than ever, wants to get uh, straight uh, teeth uh, for, you know, for self-esteem reasons, for bite reasons, for and, and also the alternatives of treatment have evolved so much. So we have some really uh, cool um invisible alternatives to, uh, to, to, to treating your bites uh, and then your smiles very discreetly. So the, uh, the parents should be uh, aware of, you know, should not worry about that. I think the dentist should, um, every dent, uh, in my opinion, every dentist should uh, refer anytime they suspect any uh, malocclusion, meaning a, a problem with, with a bite. Mm-hmm. Uh, to to an orthodontist as early as six or seven years old, mm-hmm. especially if they see issues with the bite, the dentist sees a, a, a bite issues. For example, the bite being having any a major overbite, mm-hmm. major un- underbite, mm-hmm. or what we call a crossbite. A crossbite is a a bite that's skewed. For example, if you if you put your chin all the way to the left and then you're chewing off, and then we see this often with the children. Not because, for many many reasons. One of them being that um, you know, or, or uh, they have. Let's say they have a habit. They they put they, they are a thumb sucker, and then they 
end up if if um, if you end up placing your thumb in your mouth many hours a day, you end up having a uh, you're not putting your the tongue is supposed to rest behind the upper teeth, and then for for any habits like a thumb sucking for a prolonged time, it ends up giving you a very narrow upper jaw or an upper arch, mm. which ends up making the, the the lower jaw shift because the upper arch. As they're growing and then their uh, their upper jaw is molding, it's molding around that thumb instead of resting over the the tongue. So the tongue is not uh, holding the the width of the upper jaw. And then the, like any habits. So that's the other thing I was I wanted to mention. Any the dentist or the parents, maybe the parents should look at patients' habits. And that's what I love to do with young patients. Um, you know, talking with them. Basically, if they have a habit, I talk them. I talk the habits out of them. So I just first, often, more often than not, um, so the dentist should look at uh, a malocclusion problem because the dentist is more trained than a parent to look at bite issues, crowding issues, if the teeth are very crowded or uh, the bite is off. But also, also they should look for habits because mm. any habits like a thumb habit or chewing pencils or biting your nails uh, affect tremendously the teeth and therefore the bites. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, 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 what I what I like parents to do is monitor pa- patients' habits. If they have a thumb habit, if they chew on pencils, if they bite their nails excessively, uh, it ends up uh, displacing the teeth and therefore displacing the jaw. For example, if you bite your nails long enough, you end up pushing your lower jaw forward Mm. So and that alone can promote forward growth of the lower jaw and possibly promote and I've seen it many times uh, in growing children ha- ending ending up having an underbite mm. and what I did not mention initially uh, these uh, discrepancies of the skeletal bases like an underbite uh, are oftentimes or overbite are genetic so basically we can inherit from our parents we can inherit from our mom. Uh, a, a, the, 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 the teeth of the mother and the jaws of the father. So, <laughs> the teeth, uh, so, so that's how you end up getting like a discrepancy and asymmetry and bite, uh, the bite being off and you know the teeth not being straight. Because if you end up having a small jaw and and with large teeth, mm-hmm. uh, well, the teeth are gonna end up have, not having any room, and that's where <laughs> we come in. We're like, okay, what's what's the cause of this? We diagnose and we try to come up with the best treatment plan to address and the beauty of what we do is that we do it while the child is growing so we have a predictive phase where we predict how much they're going to grow if they are growing but mm-hmm. if they're not growing then uh, that's what i was saying earlier if it's a 30 year old who uh, who comes to to the office and they have uh, issues with your with their teeth and with their bite if the bite is off then i tell them you know we can't fix everything with just uh, orthodontics mm-hmm. because uh uh, this is we, we no longer can modify and positively alter the, the position of the jaws in a favorable way that would help the teeth couple properly. So we uh, oftentimes uh, offer you know bra- braces or aligner treatment in conjunction uh, with jaw surgery. So this becomes another uh, type of treatment where we uh, as orthodontists can align the teeth and and then we refer them to a jaw surgeon who can fix the jaws it's called jaw surgery basically they um, advance or uh, retract or move up or segment the jaw in, in multiple ways i mean it's amazing what they can do they mm-hmm. can 
cut the jaws one way, two way, three way, ten ways. I mean, whatever the bite needs, and then reconstitute the bite uh, to where we had pre-planned. And this is assuming, you know, the, to a perfect bite. Mm-hmm. So basically, what we do as orthodontists for a non-growing patient that accepts the surgical route and the orthodontic route, we get them ready for uh, surgery, and we we align their teeth, and then we send them to the surgeon. They undergo the surgeries, they come back, and then we finalize their bite because their bite is going to be worse before the surgery because the, 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 only the surgery is going to reinstitute uh, proper jaw positioning, and and then we will finalize that after the surgery is corrected. Mm. And then we like to explain that a lot before so that they are aware of that because they, those are m- more lengthy and complex cases. Okay, um, <laughs> just just because there's multiple doctors involved and. You know, and it's a jaw surgery. It's pretty uh, extensive. But when you mentioned surgery there, that um, that that put a jolt in me. But you're saying that's just for for serious cases, um, no? Well, not 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 necessarily serious. I mean, like I had mentioned initially, most of us have asymmetries. Most of the people have naturally an overbite in their in their jaws, meaning. Mm. Uh, their upper jaw is usually more in front of the lower jaws, mm-hmm. and the lower jaws. So either it's eighty percent of the time the lower jaw is smaller than the upper jaw, okay. resulting in a, in a dental overbite, but also in a skeletal overbite, meaning that the skeletal bases are are off. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a problem. If, uh, for example, it, it can be severe if it affects. Uh, I mean, it is severe in a way that it's a large discrepancy of the jaws and it's it's not any more serious than uh, than a regular malocclusion mm-hmm. but it's it's not fixable just with uh, regular orthodontic treatment it needs more it needs help because uh, there are some oftentimes if, if the discrepancy is very severe um, you see aesthetic impairment so if somebody has a very large lower jaw Mm-hmm. You know, it affects their face. You know, their mid face, the part between the, the the mouth and their nose, is is more inward to the lo- lower jaw. So not only they can't chew properly, but also aesthetically, it's a, a, they would benefit from a stronger uh, mid face mm-hmm. and a, a weaker weaker chin and lower jaw. And so that's for so it's aesthetic, it's functional, meaning you can eat, chew better, mm-hmm. and uh, so there's a lot of benefits for for a proper bite. And sometimes what I was trying to say is that we cannot just fix it with just regular orthodontic. You need orthodontics and orthopedics. What I mentioned, orthopedics is the correction of the, the growth while they're growing. That's for that reason, we like to see them as early, but then when they're older and then they're no longer growing post puberty, we need to address it with the correction of the skeleton basis with uh, jaw surgery. And, um, Sometimes uh, I also wanted to mention some. In the reverse of the underbite is the overbite. Some patients have a major overbite where they have a deficient lower jaw, and uh, it's oftentimes it doesn't bother them, and they're they're here. They, it, I I think it gets to bother them when they start having breathing issues. Mm-hmm. If you have a very deficient lower jaw and it's really close to your throat and it uh, uh, reduces your airway, then you, you're starting to develop sleep apnea and uh, difficulty breathing. And so this is where, again, if, if the discrepancy is very severe, 
um, whenever we do the initial workup, we, we, we talk with a surgeon and more often than not, they end up sending them for a sleep study and they realize, and, and, and they, and that's how they, um, you know, it, 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 we, we, we decide how much we're going to advance. I mean, not myself, but the surgeon, but we talk about how much we're going to advance the lower jaw so that the bite is corrected, but also so that we can improve their airway. Because a lot of these people who have like a deficient lower jaw, uh, you know, if, 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 if the jaw is in the proper position and it's restraining the airway, then it's really affects your quality of life, which can be very helpful whenever, you know, we, we, we improve the positioning of the jaw and therefore reducing the asymmetries and, and, and also improving the aesthetics and the bite. Mm, very useful information. When I'm back, I'm going to ask you about your, I know you have a practice, so we'll ask you about that. Is that okay? Yes, thank you. We'll be right back. Are you really enjoying the full pleasure of your meal? How many times are you chewing each mouthful of food? Seven? Ten? Fifteen? Thirty-two? Forty times? Fifty times? How often are you chewing that mouthful of meal? I am back with Dr. Michelle Abu Abid. Tell us about your practice, where it is, and how we can get in touch with you. Awesome. Uh, I uh, practice in uh, South Lake, Texas, which is outside of Dallas, and I've been there for four years. I, uh, um, I have a website called, uh, my practice is called Orthos Boutique Smiles, so it's a small practice, and I uh, uh, try to um, work honor my dad and everything that I do because he's, he's been my mentor uh, and you know in, in orthodontics he's I'm not sure if I mentioned but he's uh, an orthodontist as well and yes. I've been uh, you know so I, I it's a small practice and I like to uh, you know have you know learn you know I keep learning talking with him so I'm really he's my mentor and I really would like to uh, become a better or to improve myself every day and serve uh, the community and help the people uh, so my practice is called Orthos Boutique Smiles it's in South Lake Texas uh, my website is Orthos O-R-T-H-O-S Boutique Smiles.com and uh, feel free to check us out and uh, connect with us um, and we'd love to uh, connect and help in any way we can I'm assuming this is a, a, you thoroughly enjoy doing this field, do you? Yes, I um, yes, like I was telling you, um, initially I got into it not really knowing, but um, as anything, practice makes perfect. I've been practicing, and I'm you know a life learner, so I'm almost every day talking still on the phone with my dad, asking him questions, trying to improve myself. Uh, taking continuing educations and it's got, gotten like a passion mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's I, I I'm I'm I would like to keep learning and improve myself and connect with uh, the best orthodontist to learn and improve myself and, and become a better person and better doctor and uh, serve the communities around me and it's 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 a lifelong journey that I'm uh, excited to embark on. Thank you so much. I appreciate that you 
were willing to come on and share with us so that we could all have better smiles. As I said, when I came on, I didn't know I would be talking about smiles, but I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that we ended up with that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was great. Thank, I really appreciate uh, your invitation. And uh, well, thank you again. I'll, I'll see you soon. See you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The Journey is available free on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, Rio Sports Radio, and several of your favorite internet platforms. Download, embed, and share via any of the social media you love. According to Healthline... We should be chewing each mouthful of food on an average of 32 times. Foods such as steak and nuts require up to 40 chews per mouthful, while watermelon will break down in as few as 10 to 15 chews. See you next week. <laughs>